Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute and talk about a product that we both love and use, and that is Simple Spectrum Supplement. Simple Spectrum is doctor formulated and third party tested, and they use only the highest quality of bioavailable ingredients. So it is free of all the junk and Simple Spectrum was designed with our kids and their sensory needs in mind. So it is unflavored dissolvable powder that is free of gluten, casein, added sugar, soy, Basically, it's everything you want and nothing that you don't want. Another reason why I love Simple Spectrum is because they are a brand that really educates and supports families, and they're putting out products that parents can trust. They also just recently came out with a fish oil that is awesome. I will say that we've been using Simple Spectrum for a while now, and when we first started using it with Logan, we really noticed a difference in his overall focus and attention, and that is something that the whole time we've been using it, we have continued to see the benefits of. So if it's something that you're interested in trying, you can go to their website. And if you use the code AIA at checkout, then you will receive free shipping on your order. So definitely, I totally recommend it. And like I said, if you want to try it, you can use the code AIA and you will get free shipping. Now on to the episode. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 155. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And I just always want to start out by saying thank you so much to everyone for all the love and support you guys give the show. It's been kind of a crazy last couple weeks, like getting back in the groove with school and just lots going on around here. Um, but I'm just always so, so thankful to this community for all the support and just as an amazing outlet, um, which that's going to come up on today's episode. (laughs) So stay tuned. Um, but I do want to just say thank you so much for all your messages and emails and just kind words, um, reviews. If you're enjoying the show and you have not yet left a, a rating and review on Apple podcast, I would be so, so appreciative if you did that. Every time I see a new review, my, heart just bursts and I'm just so happy that, you know, that the show is helpful for you guys and it makes me just so happy to continue putting it together. Um, so today my guest is Laura and Laura had reached out to me as a listener and she is actually local. She's in Chicago, so she's not too far. Um, but one of the things that she really wanted to talk about on this episode is the importance of finding support and kind of relying on your people, your tribe, which if you guys have been listening, you know, that's like right up my alley because I feel so strongly that I always say I'm like support and community can get you through just about anything. And I truly believe that. Um, it doesn't mean it's not going to be, you know, a little ugly or dark sometimes, but just having those people in your corner, I think makes all the difference. Um, and finding those people can be a bit of a challenge, but it's so, so worth it when you do. So that's a lot of what Laura and I talk about today is, her, she, she works for a nonprofit that has support groups and just becoming a part of those support groups and then finding her friends through those support groups who are other special needs moms. Um, it's just a really a beautiful story and it was great, great to hear from her. And I loved hearing her perspective on all of that. Um, she was talking about how she was more of like an introvert and it's, it's a little bit against her, her natural, you know, kind of ways to, to, be joining a support group and kind of be so out there, which I, I totally can understand. I'm, I'm not that way. I'm definitely more of an extrovert and I, I don't mind putting myself out there. Um, but I get it. And I hear from a lot of you oftentimes that that's kind of how you feel is that like, it's hard to sort of stick your neck out. Um, but as you'll hear from Laura, it really is, it's so worth it. So I'm going to stop rambling and without further ado, um, I'm going to get to the episode with Laura. I do want to just give one disclaimer the the audio came in a little odd on this um you you can understand everything our connection is fine but there's a few different times where i don't know what happened there is like points where 
it almost like speeds up and Laura sounds like she has like a munchkin voice for like two seconds. <laughs> munchkin, like Wizard of Oz munchkins. <laughs> um, but it, it only lasts for like a second or two and then it, it goes back into normal audio. So, you know, just another one of those quirky things about adventures in autism. Um, but everything she shares is, is wonderful. And just the message of this episode, I think is so good. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Laura. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. You and I were just chatting a little bit. You had reached out to me as a listener who wanted to come on and share their story. And I I was just telling you, I, I love anyone who wants to come on the show. I just I'm appreciative of anyone who's like open and vulnerable, but especially for people who are listeners and like for you, you're really like a longtime listener. I just mm-hmm. think it's such like a cool full circle thing of like you listen to other people sharing their stories and now here you are. Yeah. You know, I heard other people talking about their stories and I'm like, I have something to share too. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, um, you know, I love listening to everyone's stories and even if their story is a lot different from mine, you know, you really, you pick up little things here and there that are so helpful. And um, yeah, I love your show. I love. Oh, it. you're so sweet. Thank you so much. I, I totally agree. I think even when you know, we, we all, there are, every journey is so unique, but I, totally agree even with stories that are completely different from ours there's still like pieces that that I take from it and I I just love that um well I know I there's definitely pieces from your journey that I can relate to for sure and I'm excited to hear kind of all of it so if you will kind of take us back to the beginning I would love to hear sure uh well my son Owen is eight years old going into third grade can't believe it um (laughs) And when he was a baby, he was a great baby, just really happy. Um, And I didn't have any reason to suspect anything. Although it's funny, when I was pregnant, I was so worried about autism. I don't know why I had in my head that this could happen. Mm. I guess maybe because I was an older parent, um... I had Owen when I was 37 Mm -hmm. and um, I don't know. It was just in my head, which is so weird. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty anxious person. So I was also thinking about other things, but why, why autism is the thing that was kind of, I was perseverating on to use an autism term. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. And then, uh, you know, after a while, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't speaking the way, you know, he wasn't reaching his speech milestones. Um, he was pretty close. He was always like on the border and our pediatrician was like, you know, it's normal. It's, it's really, he's just missing it. So it's not a big deal. And my husband, uh, apparently my mother-in-law says that he did not speak until he was three years old. So, I was like, okay, well, maybe he's just like his dad. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of holding on to that three-year thing. Well, it's going to be okay until he turns three. Like, uh, I'm just holding that out as like a a deadline. Um, And so I'm trying to think of when exactly I started really worrying. I mean, if I look back, there are things that I maybe should have noticed, like, he was really into like spinning things. Mm-hmm. Um, he really loved ceiling fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would want to turn them on always. Um, but for every little thing like that, there was a, a a reason to think it was no big deal. Like lots of kids like ceiling fans, and yeah. you know, lots of kids like to spin things. Um, you know, he and because I was just I had autism in my head. Uh, early, early on, I would periodically check like, you know, the online checklist, like the very like five or six things like, does your child have autism? And he didn't meet this, that criteria. So I was like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, he does respond to his name and he does speak some and he uh, does have eye contact and he, he is super affectionate and, um, you know, all those things. So 
I would just assure myself that he didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'll never forget this. One night it was right around Christmas. Um, my husband said to me, don't you think it's weird that he, most of his repeating things or kind of like, like songs and, you know, things from TV shows or movies. Mm. And I, I was like, what? Cause I hadn't even thought of that as strange. And then I looked it up. I looked up like in Google, <laughs> Dr. Google, <laughs> um, you know, repeats words or, you know, I didn't have the word script yet. I didn't know what that was, but in the search results, the word echolalia came up and uh-huh. um, I was like, looked at that definition. And I was like, that is for sure. It <laughs> that uh-huh. sounds exactly like what he's doing. And um, they said it was, it said it was uh, likely linked to autism. And at that point, my blood just ran cold. Um, and I was really freaked out. Um, so I think like the next morning I called early intervention because Uh I'm someone who gets stuff done. Like I do not wait. I'm like, let's deal with this issue. And so he got evaluated. Um, he only qualified for speech. Um, so we did that for a while. And then as part of like aging out of early intervention, um, our case manager just suggested, you know, just so you, for peace of mind, maybe get an evaluation with a, devel- a developmental pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I did that. Um, meanwhile, we had our early uh, IEP evaluation where they said that um, he does not have autism. They did not believe he did. Um, went and got a speech uh evaluation because I wanted him to be in like a speech social group um and she said you know I I you know see tons of kids with autism I don't think your son has autism Hmm. (laughs) and then we went to a dentist who's kind of known as a special needs dentist good with kids with special needs and she said I don't think he has autism so a word to the wise to people who are in these positions, <laughs> like, don't say that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really wish people like, if you're not qualified to make a diagnosis, just don't. Um, Cause that gave me some false hope. And mm-hmm. uh, when we finally did meet with the pedi- a developmental pediatrician, um, you know, she said, you know, he has a lot of skills and, you know, after this long battery of tests, um, she said, you know, he's right on the border, but I'm going to give him the diagnosis so he can get the services that he needs. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, like, if he's right on the border, just just don't give it. Just don't give the diagnosis. I don't know why I, the word autism was terrifying to me, because probably because I've built it up for so long. It's this horrible, scary thing. Um I mean, now looking back, like, that's stupid for me to be so, <laughs> so worried about the word and the diagnosis. I was worried he'd be, you know, judged and, like, assume that he can't achieve things, that, that people at school would assume he was a certain way, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she, the developmental pediatrician gave us some ideas of therapies that he might um, respond well to. She told me specifically do not get ABA therapy, which is interesting because hmm. uh, we ended up doing it eventually. But, um, you know, she, what she did not do, which I wish she had, is um, point me in the direction of where I could find support because I was an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I didn't know anyone who had um, a do- autism diagnosis for their child. I didn't know a soul. And um, it was very isolating, um, very lonely. And um, I really didn't know where to go or what to do. Um, 
And so eventually, I, it's funny, I work for this nonprofit called, it's a local Chicago nonprofit called Neighborhood Parents Network. And I've been working there for maybe six months before Owen got his diagnosis. And um, we offer a lot of resources and services for um, kids on the spectrum, um, all kids with developmental differences. We put on this yearly fair where all like therapy providers in the city and schools and camps and extracurricular activities and stuff, they all gather in one place and you can kind of shop around for new therapies, new schools, whatever. Um, so I've been working on this and like, um, we also um, offer this support group and it's been going on for, I don't know, maybe 10 years um, every month. And um, I decided that I would give that a shot going to this group. Um, I, I'm not someone who would typically join a support group. Um, I'm a very like private person and very introverted person. Um, I'm on social media, but don't post very much. I'm just kind of a <laughs> lurker. <laughs> and I, I read, um, but like that's, that's kind of my social media presence. Um, and so it was very odd for me to kind of at that point, I mean, here I am on a podcast talking about my son in my <laughs> private life. So I've evolved, but, um, but it felt weird to me to go to this group for such a, a pro what I felt was such a private thing, a deeply, deeply personal thing with my family. And um, I hadn't really been talking about the diagnosis with my family and friends. I just didn't feel like people would get it. Um, I felt like I needed to kind of process it on my own before I could really even talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to this group um, it was in person at the time. Now we're mostly online because of the pandemic, which is mm -hmm. a bummer, but it was in person at that point. And um, I remember coming into it feeling so mad and like, sorry for myself, sorry for my son, just like envisioning a very bleak future for myself and for him. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a really dark time. <laughs> um, but I decided to go, you know, I thought I would just maybe listen, not really talk, but just see what life with autism or, you know, other developmental differences, what is it like? Because I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what it looked like. Um, and it was interesting, like this one woman, uh, was just such a jovial person and was so upbeat and um she had a son on the spectrum and another son with ADHD and um she was just so funny like she was <laughs> dying laughing talking about like the latest um elopement episode of her son who like escaped from school and like ended up at a Dunkin Donuts or something <laughs> and she thought it was so because Dunkin Donuts is like his favorite thing in the whole wide world so he just made a beeline for the Dunkin Donuts like this is scary like this elopement story but she is just dying laughing um I'm sure she had her moments of terror when this happened but like now recounting the story she just thought it was hilarious and um there's some other women who just like had the best laugh and like they, it was, it was crazy to me. I'm like, wow. So she's actually like a happy, good wife and mm -hmm. she's not angry. Feeling sorry for herself. You know, granted she, her child was, you know, several years older than mine. So she'd been at this much longer, but I was like, could I ever get there? Could I ever be that person? I just didn't think it was possible for me, but it did give me hope that it could happen. Mm -hmm. um, so basically I've been going, I've been going to this group now for almost every month for the past um, 
Oh, now Owen is eight. So five years. Um, and it has been like a lifeline for mm-hmm. me. Um, it's really, really wonderful. And I don't know where I'd be without it, honestly. So that is kind of my story with, with Owen. Um, he is, to bring you up to speed to now, he is um, such a wonderful kid. He is happy and pure, innocent, beautiful soul. Um, very funny and sweet. And his little three-year-old brother really, really uh, puts him through the ringer. And he's just <laughs> very patient with it. <laughs> um, so I just could not love this child more he is just um you know like my heart hurts sometimes just how Mm. much I I love him and um you know how I wouldn't change him for anything um Mm. you know his autism is why he's awesome in, in my opinion it's why he is so focused on the things he loves and so passionate about the things he loves Right now it's dinosaurs, so much dinosaur stuff right now, (laughs) Um, but it will change. It'll be something else. Um, But I just, um, I'm, I'm crazy about him. And it is funny, someone in my support group, um, her son on the spectrum, like his level, I hate high functioning, low functioning. I don't really Mm -hmm. like those terms. But she, she, she said it was something like, she's like, my son is kind of like, like a decaf autism. No. <laughs> so she, and then my other friend's like, well, I would call, I would call my son an, uh, like an espresso autism. And I, uh-huh. you know, Owen is kind of like, I wouldn't say decaf. And I really wouldn't even say half calf. I would say like a <laughs> blonde roast. A nice, mellow blonde roast is kind of where he is. Um, (laughs) So to give a kind of a picture of him. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. I love that. Did you watch (laughs) Love on the Spectrum on Netflix? I did. I watched a few episodes. Um, I thought it was really sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but I also, I, you know, what I didn't like about it was like the assumption that oh, people on the spectrum can only date other people on the spectrum, you know, <laughs> like they only had people on the spectrum dating each other. Like, oh, I don't think that's really how it works in real life. But, you know, reality TV isn't real life. So but I thought it, like there were so many charming people. I just loved some of them so much like I want that person in my life this person's so great I know I know no like like most things with autism in the media I didn't think it was like perfect it definitely had Mm -hmm. there was some holes for sure um I did just hear somebody told me it was coming back for a second season so I'm really excited hoping they'll follow up with some of our faves but maybe we'll meet some new people too but when you were talking about like the the coffee um, autism in comparison, which I love because I love coffee. Um, I remember <laughs> the show, there was a couple that they were both on the spectrum, and the boyfriend was like, "I'm I'm more of like a like a mellow like mango chicken, but you're like a <laughs> curry autism." Friend, <laughs> <laughs> because she definitely had like more kind of like quirks and like kind of telltale autism signs. Where he like he had he was he was like a bus driver or something. Like he was they were I mean they were just so sweet and charming together. But it was really it was just really fun to hear him use that comparison. So the coffee thing just reminded me of that. <laughs> oh, that's great! I love that too. I think it's easier for people who are not in the autism community to maybe understand it that way I don't know because like what is what does high functioning mean anyways like what's what does low functioning mean I think that means something different to many people so I I don't think that's a great descriptor I don't think the coffee descriptor is that great either I mean (laughs) well I like kind of a way to frame it I guess yeah and coffee coffee is like my lifeline so I like (laughs) I like using that as sort of like the parameters um yeah I I totally agree and that's come up a lot on the show and it's not even so much like I mean I think it's I think it's really hard because 
the spectrum is so wide. So it's really hard for people to understand like what that means, especially if you're just like not familiar with autism. So I, I like, I like the coffee thing. Cause most people get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people can picture it at least. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the half cap is definitely different from the espresso. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, exactly. Well, I loved hearing about, obviously, the support group. I didn't realize that you were already working for this company mm-hmm. when he got the diet. That's what of like, like serendipity kind of thing to, to happen that you were already working for them. So Amazing. yes, I mean, when he was first diagnosed, were you like, immediately thinking like, oh, I, I can use this now? Or were you like, still kind of like, you just needed to process? Um, You know, it, I, I, I realized that I had this at my fingertips. And so I did use it pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, because I was really in a tailspin and so lost. I knew I needed to. Um, and so it was right there in front of me. You know, I didn't have to search for it. It was right there. And um, it just felt like the right, the right thing to do for me at that moment in time, for sure. Yeah. What a, like, just amazing resource for you that you were like already, you know, somewhat connected to. Um, I love you telling the story about that, the woman who was like laughing and just seemed like she was like enjoying her life. Cause I know that feeling of, you know, when you first get a, a diagnosis and you're like, oh my gosh, like where, where do we go from here? And how you had said, like, you just didn't know what it looked like. I think Mm -hmm. that's like such a important distinction because it's so true. It's like, we all have this image in our head of like, I'm going to have a family and we're going to do these things. and It's going to look like this. And then it's like, it does seem like with autism, I mean, I'm sure there's people who don't feel this way, but I think so many of us, you get that diagnosis and it's like all those pictures you had in your head of what you thought life would look like just like go out the window. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I had like kind of mapped out my whole life. <laughs> I'm a planner <laughs> and to have those just wiped out. Um, and, and the fear of just the unknown, like, and I still deal with this. I, I, I'm not here to say that I've got like it all under control that I don't worry about my son, that I, that I don't struggle with the diagnosis. I still do. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a work in progress, you know, um, but it's, it's an evolving thing. And I think that, um, you know, without the support that I've had, I wouldn't be where, where I am right now in terms of like acceptance and, and you know, really embracing who my son is and, um, Support is really important. Yeah, for sure. And you, you had told me too, that like the, this group, it's not just like this monthly support group. Like these are your friends now. Like these are your people. They are, you know, it's the, this uh, one particular group of women, um, maybe going about two years ago. um, You know, I always thought these girls were so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I've always enjoyed talking to them at the group and, um, but then just kind of, it just seemed like kind of out of nowhere, one of them was like, you know, some of us are thinking about taking a trip to Sonoma. Do you want to come? And I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) So, and then that kind of launched this friendship, um, where now we are, you know, on a group text every day, all day. Um, and we go to each other for all kinds of support and for, um, helping each other through bad days. Um, you know, through COVID it's been just amazing to have this group of women. Um, we go on, you know, weekend trips. We, um, you know, this summer while things were a little died down, we were able to have our kids get together and we had, um, you know, barbecues and 
we try to get our husbands together a few times, like kind of force them. <laughs> yeah. To, no, you're going to be friends. Like we were <laughs> friends. Like then we're all going to take trips together. It's going to happen. Um, and luckily they like each other. So that, that worked out pretty well. Um, but yeah, we all have, you know, some of, some of us have autism diagnoses, diagnoses for their kids and, um, one down syndrome, one, uh, genetic disorder. Um, so, you know, it's all different. Um, and, but there's still such a, a baseline of getting it and things I don't have to really explain. Um, I don't know. I would just be lost without these women. I just, they're just so wonderful. And, um, They've just been the best support to me. Um, so. I love that. <laughs> like the biggest smile right now, because I just, I think that, that support, especially from like your, your people, your tribe, I think for so, for so many of us, that can be really hard to find. Um, but when you, when you do find it, it's like just worth its weight in gold and like having those people is just so so valuable in your in your life just those people that get it mm-hmm. um I I can relate because I have a, a couple friends we're just like this little trio of autism mamas that we our kids were briefly in the same preschool class together but we actually didn't know each other then um and it wasn't until I started the podcast that the preschool teacher had like recommended it to some of the the students parents and they were listening and just reached out and we ended up having like a a night we went over to one of the girls houses for Chinese food and like hanging out and we ended up like you know drinking wine and talking to like one in the morning on like a school night you know what I mean (laughs) and just last time and so for the past really like since I started the show almost three years they have just become like a couple of my best friends and we, we try to get to at least, at least once a month, but sometimes we do other stuff too. And yeah, like kind of how you said, we get the kids together. We, we try to get the husbands together. Like it really is. Um, it's such, it's such an amazing thing. Cause kind of how you had said beforehand that like, you didn't know anybody who had a child in the spectrum. That was, that was how I was too. And when you feel like so alone in all of this, which in the beginning, even if you have, you know, friends and family or people in your life who are supportive, if they don't live this every day, they still just don't get it. And it's like, they can be there for you as much as they can be, but it's just so different from the people who like actually know where you're coming from. Yeah, totally. Like I can, I can talk about things with them that I can't really talk about with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, I have wonderful friends who have typical kids um, or who don't have kids at all. And um, I still share things that happen with my son, but not in like the detail <laughs> and, and that I would with, with these friends and, and then the, the larger group. It's just, I don't have to explain things. I know that, you know, I'm not burdening them or I know they're not going to be struggling to find a way to like be positive with me or like, be like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> like mm-hmm. They don't have to do that. Um, they know how to respond and, you know, they, they get it. And, um, there, there was a, a period early when Owen was diagnosed where I was like, I don't even want to talk to my friends who have kids, uh, without special needs because Mm -hmm. like, I just didn't even want to hear about their kids. This was a very dark time. (laughs) I didn't want to hear about their kids and how so-and-so was in, soccer camp and blah 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 it's like because I couldn't help but think like well Owen will never be in soccer camp you know mm-hmm. and and for a time I just I needed to remove myself a little bit from those uh relationship Luck- luckily it was a short period of time <laughs> but um because they're still good friends but I I just had to just peace out for a little bit and um you know, I liken it a little bit to when we had Owen through IVF and we struggled to get pregnant for a really long time. And when I had friends who were pregnant and having their baby showers and stuff like that, oh, it was just painful. 
And mm-hmm. so it, it was, a, it's a similar feeling like you're happy. You're truly happy for the other person. You want, you know, their kids to succeed and be happy and doing all these great things and getting straight A's or whatever. But I just, I couldn't look beyond my own situation at that time. And, um, it was hard, but, mm. um, so finding these people was just, it was just so important. Um, and continues to be just a real lifeline for me. Um, but there, you know, the group is just like one facet of support for me. Um, you know, support can look like a lot of different things. Like also I have a therapist who I talk to a lot. Um, and he, I didn't even seek this out in him, but he revealed to me that he had a, a brother on the spectrum. So that is, so great that I don't have to kind of help him understand mm-hmm. uh, what autism is and what it looks like. Um, he knows very well what it looks like. And um, that has been really critical. Um, you know, even our, uh, our case manager at uh, Owen's school, she's been so wonderful to me. Like, you know, when I find my people, like I hold on to them for dear life. Yeah. And she is like such a rock star and she loves Owen and is delighted by him. And um she has been his in addition to being his case manager, has been his special ed teacher for the past two years. So she really knows him. Mm-hmm. And um I just, you know, I, I've gone to her with questions and what do you think I should do about this? And, um, you know, I can just text her and she responds um, very honestly and candidly with me. And I, I just adore her. So I, I consider that support too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also a part of like Facebook groups that local ones that for uh, it's a special need. So, there's so a Chicago autism, autism group that I'm a member. That's, that's really helpful. Um, you know, some other special needs groups within Facebook. Um, again, I'm not huge on social media, but I do like these groups. Um, and that's probably the only reason why I'm on social media at this point. Um, and so, you know, support is, you know, it looks different for a lot of people, you know, like your podcast is certainly a part of that support of not mm-hmm. feeling alone, of feeling like other people get what you're going through. Um, mm-hmm. And so listening to you is, is like a, another little support group for me. <laughs> Aw, I love that. That's always my intention is to just like hold that space for, you know, the, obviously the guests, but for the listeners too, of just like, you know, like, these are people who get it. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to, you know, question you or whatever. I mean, I, I, I think just like you said, like support, it does come in, in all different forms. And as much as like, yeah, having like those friends who get it is is so awesome. Even if you don't have those, like if you're if you're listening to this now and you're like, I wish I had those people, I totally... I get it. And I, I wish you did too. And I want you to find them. Um, <laughs> but there are so many other areas or, or, or you know, ways to, to get support. And I think kind of like having a mix of everything and just being open to all of it, I think is like the best thing that you can do. And I always tell people, I'm like, cause people will say to me, how did you, how did you meet your friends? Like, how did you find your people? And if it's not like so straightforward as like a support group, I'm just like, you know, be open to like kind of how you were saying that his, his teacher at school, even letting her know like, Hey, I am really open to like meeting other parents, maybe mm-hmm. like kids in the class. Like I, there's a couple of, one of my good friends, they, they just moved, but she was in Logan's and her son was in Logan's class these past couple of years. Um, but then other, other parents in, in the class, like I have connected with them. And I just think like, sometimes there, you do have like some, some ways that you can reach out and it may not be like the most comfortable thing. You might be stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit, like kind of how you were saying that you're more introverted and even just going to the support group is hard. But if you do put yourself out there and, you know, just like try to form these relationships, it really is like so worth it. It is. And then, you know, as you get go along in your journey and you feel like you've 
understand all the acronyms, OT, IEP, <laughs> all that stuff, ABA, yeah. um, which this group was so kind to explain to me <laughs> whenever <laughs> I asked. Um, but now that I get a lot of that stuff, I get so much joy out of helping, uh, you know, parents who are new to this experience and are looking just as lost as I was at, you know, at the point that I started going to the group and um, helping them out and, um, you know, telling them it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to be okay. There are going to be some hard times. You know, we're here for you. Um, And it just brings me a lot of joy to be able to do that and to kind of give that back to others, you know, when I needed that so much at the time. So. Oh yeah. It's absolutely. just great. Yeah. I feel like it is kind of like one of those sort of like how I was even saying like full circle of you listening to podcasts and then coming on. Like, I feel like when you're in that position of, you know, you, you see this parent who's, early on in the journey and they're struggling and then it's like you can kind of be the one to step in and like be that guidance that you were looking for for so long I feel like that is just one of the best things that you can do for that person but for yourself too to be like oh wow like look how far we've come mm-hmm. yeah we just had our our group last night so it's all very fresh for me but oh one of <laughs> one of the one of the uh veteran uh, people in the groups, she was talking to one of the new people and just saying, she said, listen, when I came to the group for the first time, I didn't know. I didn't know what ADA was. I didn't know what OT was like. I knew nothing. And the only reason why I know this stuff now is because my kids are older than your kids. So Mm -hmm. don't feel like, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming to hear all of us being like, Oh, um, you know, IEP, OT, DT, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but just know that you're going to know these terms by like the back of your hand at some point and mm-hmm. don't expect to know it right away because uh, it's too much. Um, and if you don't understand something, say it, ask, you know, we're happy to, to help. And um, yeah, so experience will allow you to help others and um you shouldn't expect to know everything right at, right at the beginning. It's just an overwhelming time anyways. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's really learn like learn as you go. Yeah. It's, it's like learning a new language. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's so many facets that you, you have to, to just learn and become familiar with. And honestly, it's, it's always changing because our kids are always like changing and growing. So there's always like a new phase. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's always an, you know, whenever I think like, oh man, he's like into dinosaurs. Like, you know, what is this? Am I going to have to be listening to about dinosaurs for like the rest of my life? It'll change. <laughs> like all these are phases and, um, you know, he, Owen would do some like weird tick or something. And I'd be like, oh gosh, here we go. And this is mm-hmm. going to be it for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And he just moves on to something else. It is, you know, a lot of it's just a phase and you'll evolve. He'll evolve. And um, change just like all kids do. And oh, um, yeah, all all kids go through phases. I, I I felt the same way with Logan. Like when he was younger, it took me longer to understand that. Like it, I often refer to them as cycles because I feel like we're like cycling through things a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like if we're if we could be, you could call it a phase, but it's like we we usually are gonna like come back to it. So if we're in like a pattern with, you know, a, a more challenging behavior or, a, or a great behavior, I'm always like, okay, well, like, this is just kind of like where we are in the cycle right now. And it's sort of like this ever spinning wheel. And we're just always kind of like cycling through like some, sometimes it's the good stuff, sometimes the bad stuff. Um, but what gives me peace now that I didn't have as much beforehand was that like, kind of how you said, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just how it is. This is just like what we have to deal with forever. And really it's like, no, this is just how it is right now. And we're going to cycle through this. So when it's like, when when we're in the good phase, I'm just like, ride this wave, enjoy it, take it all in. And then when it's a bad one, I'm like, it's going to be over soon. So just like, you know, grin and bear it basically. (laughs) Yeah. Because it likely won't last, you know, he'll move on to something else. um, And 
it's just where you are right now. Yeah. I like the idea of cycles um, because you could be back there again, you know, <laughs> like yeah. my son went through a period of being deathly afraid of flies and mm-hmm. wouldn't leave the house like for a, like a whole summer. And um, that was terrible mm-hmm. um, that, you know, all waves like, you can't go anywhere. You know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So uh, in that way, ABA, when we were doing ABA at that time, that was very helpful. Um, he had a lot of fears at that point. Um, and now that's all gone, but I can totally see it coming back at some point. Like he'll still mm-hmm. like freak out a little bit if a bug is like r- flying right up in his face. And I, I would not be surprised if we went back to that, but now I kind of know what to do um, and strategies to use. So it's not as scary um, or just so bewildering to me. Um, I get, I get it now. You have like more context for the things that you're, you're dealing with with him, whether they're like, you know, new or, or, or things that you're returning to. It's like you, there, you're just more familiar with the process. So it, mm-hmm. it makes it easier to kind of cope with like, we're sort of in, we, we had all summer really lucked out. We were in a really great phase with sleep and he was like sleeping later. And just like, it, we were just, I was living large. I was just <laughs> enjoying. That is oh, such a gift. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a gift. I appreciated it so much. Yeah. He was sleeping later and not as many like wake ups at night. It was just awesome. And then of course, like as we got closer to school and it's like, he, he can sense like when things are, you know, about to change and it's like, it sort of throws things off. So that's sort of where we're at now. We're having more trouble with sleep. But I said to Manny yesterday, I'm like, you know, it's going to be like this for like, hopefully only a few weeks it could be a month or two months or whatever but it's like I know especially because we just came off of that really good season of sleep I'm like I I know we're gonna get back to that and who knows like maybe even better if just like we're always yeah just like I said like kind of just cycling through all these things right exactly (laughs) like I know when Owen starts school next week he's gonna spend like the first I don't know three weeks to a month being a little withdrawn Mm -hmm. and saying he hates school and then it's going to gradually lessen and then he's going to be fine. I've had enough experience now where I know that that's how he handles this transition, this change from summer. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm prepared for it. I'm not going to like be like, Oh no, he hates school. Right. (laughs) I did the first time. Um, Um, I I know know that that it's just, this is his way. You know, his disappointment that summer's over. Um, he really loves just being out and about in the summer and doing mm-hmm. his own thing. Um, but then he, once he gets into the groove at school, he's, he's going to be fine. And so I don't spend any uh, anxiety on that. I don't spend any uh, time worrying about that. Um, I let his teachers know um, I'm meeting with his uh, teacher tomorrow and we'll, explain that you know this is kind of how he is you know he will he'll snap out of it and um, (laughs) you know here's how you encourage him and and all that stuff so um yeah it's nice to know to have that time and that experience um to know that this is this is just a cycle that he's going to go through and I don't have to worry about it there's plenty other stuff in the world (laughs) for me to worry about I don't need to worry about that So so true we only have so much energy we can expel. So. Oh my gosh. I have no energy. <laughs> I am 45 years old and have a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. Like what? Oh my God. Oh girl. I'm exhausted. You need so more exhausted. It all comes back to coffee. <laughs> it does. Oh my gosh. Yes. I drink very strong coffee in the morning. That's um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Laura, I've had a fabulous time chatting with you. I I loved hearing, especially all about your support group. I feel like that's something that just we cannot stress enough and talk about enough. Um, I know you said you're pretty private, but if you would like to share (laughs) where people could find you or just connect with the company that you work for, because I think that'd be a great resource, especially for for local peeps, because you're in Chicago. Yeah. So um, if people wanted to find uh, the support group, People who are in the city, we this doesn't have to be just the city. The suburbs, of course, are fine. So it's neighborhoodparentsnetwork.org. 
and um, you can navigate to um, our developmental differences page. You could just put at the end of org backslash developmental dash differences. Um, we've got lots of articles about um, having a, a child special needs in, in Chicago, and um, our support group is uh, a link to that is is there too. So um, you can find me there. Um, and yeah, I'm not really on social media, so I'm not really, That's <laughs> I'm not a very fun follow, <laughs> but, um, but if anyone wanted to reach out with, to me with questions about anything, you know, you can give them my email. <laughs> oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. I would, yeah. I would love to do that. Well, I think, like I said, just, yeah, just you sharing that resource, I think is awesome. I'm excited to, to know about it too. Cause I mean, I'm just a hop, skip and a jump away. Yeah. Um, you should join us. Yeah, I would love to. That would be so much fun. Well, it's fabulous to chat with you. And thank you so much for just coming on and sharing your story. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Laura. I just thought she was such a delight. I loved hearing her perspective on finding support and the different ways that you can get support. I think, you know, so often this journey can feel lonely and very isolating, but having those people in your corner, whether it is, you know, through a support group or your therapist, your children's therapist, like we were saying, listening to podcasts, I think you need all those different avenues of support and more, whatever really works best for you and makes you feel supported, I think is, is good. And just, keep, keep on doing all that. (laughs) Um, I know for me that when she was sharing this stuff about his team, I can totally relate to that, especially with ABA. And I've talked about that before, how, when we started ABA, it, it really did. It felt like obviously they were here for Logan, but it was like the first time that I felt like I had somebody who was kind of like in this realm of autism that was also helping me. And it, that was a, a game changer and something that I think, needs to be said for sure. Cause obviously, especially with ABA, there's a lot of, you know, chatter and naysayers and I, and I, I get it. I understand where they're coming from, but that was sort of an unexpected, um, positive thing for me. And it's, it's something that even looking back now, I know for sure it was, it was really beneficial because it did help me just to feel supported. Um, but yeah, obviously talking to, you know, my, my friends who are fellow autism moms or my therapist. And like she was saying, podcasts, like there's so many different avenues of support. And I just think we need all of those and more. Um, well, thank you so much for listening today. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I always love hearing from you guys. Still looking for more guests for the show. Got many good recordings coming up, and I've had a few lately that were just awesome. But if you are interested in coming on and sharing your story, like, like Laura, if you want to if you're a listener who's interested in sharing your journey, I would love to hear. Um, the best way to do that is with email. If you would send me like a little backstory of what you would like to talk about if you were a guest, that would be awesome. But that is all for now. And until next time, take care.